Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And it is our big New Year's goal episode. This is one of my favorite episodes of the year. Yeah, it's always fun to just take some time and like really think about the year ahead, like what you want to get out of it, what your goals are, how you did on last year's goals, all of the things. Yeah, I also, I mean, I'm a Virgo and I have big Virgo energy. So goal setting is one of my favorite things. But I also just like doing it publicly and having some accountability and and doing this episode and then check-in episodes throughout the year has become like something I really look forward to and enjoy. Me too. But before we get into this episode, this episode is brought to you by Night, the makers of our all-time favorite pillow and our favorite silk face masks. And you can take 20% off site-wide at discovernight.com with code BADONPAPER, all one word. Before we get into the goals, Grace, how about some highs and lows? Yeah, what's your high this week? So my high could be classified as an obsession, but I'm saying it's my high. I made these at-home buffalo chicken wraps from How Sweet Eats. Grace, I blew my mind how good these were. I blew my Um, mind. They look so good. They looked so good. I saved that Instagram post for a future at home cooking time, but they look so good. They were also much easier than I expected. It's um, the chicken is breaded and baked. And outside of using three bowls to to do like the breading process, which is annoying to me because I don't have a dishwasher, um, it was very easy. I'm going to make them again this weekend. I'm like, the fact that I can make a buffalo chicken wrap this good at home has like not to be dramatic, but it has changed my life. Oh, maybe I need to push these up on my recipe list. I not think that you I do. Cook much, but I think ooh. you do. Yum. What's your high? Yum. My high was just being in LA. Everything went off without a hitch. I was obviously nervous to travel with the Omicron surge, but Jeff and I had a great time. We went hiking. We went to the beach. We did a lot of outdoorsy stuff because obviously we didn't really want to be inside. We did go to museums, but I felt safe at the museums. Everyone was super masked up and it was just good to see him and good to spend time together. Nice. It looks like a really fun trip. Yeah, it was fun. I was very athletic. Very. Do you have a low? I don't really have a low. I would just say today is a little bit wild. The Chappie Wrap launch is going as we speak. And then today we have just recording and then I have a big photo shoot right after we record. So I usually try and space things out. Like if I have a product launch or something, I don't have anything on because it's it sounds stupid, but you know, you're like glued to your computer all day as you like respond to questions. Like I'm part customer, customer service rep. And they're like just talking to the brand about what's working and what like hopefully nothing's not working, but it seems like it's all working so far. It's just stressful because I want it to be perfect. And then um for me, I find the two things that kind of wear me out the most are recording and shooting probably because you have to be like a little bit more on and like also like look nice well not for I don't have to look nice for you but no, for, you don't have to look nice for me <laughs> for the photo shoot I have to so it just today is my busy day it's not a it's not a real low though like I'm so thrilled about the blanket launch and I don't know I've I've been working with a new photographer and she's just like really energizing to work with so it's all good stuff okay yeah what is your low I decided not to go to Mexico City. So I'd said a few episodes ago that I was going to go to Mexico City for the first two weeks in February because Rachel goes 
every year in non-COVID years for the month of February. And I was going to go and hang out there and, and work from there for two weeks. I love Mexico City. I've been a, a bunch of times. And I decided not to go because of COVID. Actually, Omicron hasn't seemingly really reached Mexico City as of recording, but I've been keeping an eye on it on the New York Times, like the color map, and it's like it keeps increasing every day. And like if I'm going for two weeks and I end up getting COVID, then, you know, I have to quarantine for five to 10 days. And I'm like, that just feels like the trip would end up being a bust. And, you know, the other thing is staying in an Airbnb. I'm sure I could figure it out, but staying in an Airbnb, it's like if I get COVID, I need to figure out how like grocery delivery works in Mexico City or like I have to figure out how to get things. So I was just like, I don't think this is the right time. I've been, I've probably been to Mexico City like three times before, so it's not a new place. I'm excited to travel this year and I think I will be able to, so it's not the end of the world. But um, yeah, I I decided I'm not going to go. I feel like with travel these days, there's like a whole new layer. There's this this new question you have to ask yourself. Would I be okay getting stuck here for 10 days? Which for me, going to LA, the answer was yes, that would be fine. It would be annoying, but it would be fine. But you know, like a beach vacation or something else like Europe. No, I'm I'm not okay with that. I don't, don't want to have to spend, you know, all that money on hotel. I didn't even think about groceries and stuff if you got stuck. Well, yeah, you know, if I'm staying, if you're staying in a hotel, I guess you get room service. But if you're staying in an Airbnb, like I wouldn't expect that there would be a lot of food in the house normally because we'd be eating out. So if I got COVID, it would be like, well, I have to find out how to stock the house. Yeah. Could you imagine 10 days worth of room service, what that kind of bill would be like? That would be, I'm sure people have had to do that, but that would be so frustrating to have to spend so much money on accommodation and food to be on a vacation that you're not even enjoying. Yes. Yes. Oh, that would stink. That makes sense. Well, before we get into the goal part of the episode, let's take a quick ad break. So people are always asking us for audiobook recommendations. I think it's one of the most frequently asked questions in the Facebook group. And today we have a great recommendation for you. So this episode is brought to you by the audiobook edition of Olga Dies Dreaming by Sochil Gonzalez. The story follows 40-year-old Olga, one of New York City's top wedding planners. Olga is grappling with absent mother, her glittering career among New York's elite, and her Puerto Rican roots in the wake of Hurricane Maria, all while falling in love with Mateo, a man who forces her to confront the effects of long-held family secrets. So I started this book this week, and it has it all. It has family drama, rich people drama, a woman grappling with what she wants from her career, a love story. And I'm also learning a lot about Puerto Rican culture and history. Plus, you know I love a multicast audio production. And this one is read by three fantastic narrators. So it has uh, three different voice actors narrating, Almarie Guerra, Ines de Castillo, and Armando Riesco, who each narrate a different perspective in the book. And I find audiobooks with multiple narrators to be so much more engaging and also easier to follow. So Chiel also has a fascinating personal story. She was raised by her grandmother in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. She was educated in the New York City public schools. She went on to an Ivy League college and became one of New York City's most prominent wedding planners. Then she sold her business and attended the Iowa Writers Workshop, where she wrote this novel. 
So this book just came out this month, and it's getting a ton of buzz. And there's also a companion series in the works at Hulu with Aubrey Plaza, Jesse Williams, and Ramon Rodriguez. So you won't want to miss this audiobook. You can get it wherever you get your audiobooks. Again, this is Olga Dies Dreaming by Sochil Gonzalez. All right, let's get into the episode. I think first, let's talk about our goals from 2021 and how we did against those. We did have a mid-year episode where we checked in and talked about that. To I don't be fair, feel our mid-year episode was also in September. <laughs> I am going to just say I don't have a lot of updates, but I will go through each of mine. Yeah, we can just quickly run through them. And I have say not if progressed much. <laughs> okay, so start with personal yeah. ones. Tell me yours okay. from last year. Um, one was to listen to intuition and be better at discerning between anxiety and intuition. I definitely have gotten that. I, I think that just being a little bit more thoughtful when something comes up for me and I feel stressed and worried, like, is this like that gut instinct or is this just like you're doing too much, you're overwhelmed, you're anxious? I actually just listened to a great episode last night of or two nights ago of Brene Brown's podcast. It was just before the election and it was with the authors of the burnout book. And I'll put it in the show notes because I can't remember the authors of the books. They are twin sisters who wrote this amazing book about burnout, which Things I Bought and Liked had posted about it, and I also just ordered it because it sounds super, super interesting. The next goal was to have more separation between me, the person, and me on the internet, and I definitely did that. I will say I think that it came at some slight costs to my career because I talked about this in my end-of-year blog post. There's a whole big – it's called 2021 in review if you want to read it. I got feedback that my content was boring this year. I did have a lot of people then say I think that – People feel like that's more of a reflection of themselves than you. But, you know, it's it's hard to hear that when, but I get it because, you know, the two, two of the most important things in my life are my boyfriend and my niece, and I don't share either of those here. So that's just, that just is what it is. But you also don't owe that to the internet. So I don't. And there's ways to make content without doing that. Like, I don't think it's an either or. It shouldn't be. And, you know, at the end of the day, my blog and my business and my Instagram is all about product recommendations and like cool stuff that I love. And yeah, I do share some of my life, but the key is some of it. So I have no regrets there. I, um, I, you know, it's always hard to hear like negative feedback, but it is what it is. Um, I'm happy. <laughs> so the other, another one was more time to flow and less scheduling. I failed this. I um, I failed completely. I just seem to see see that I have free time on my calendar. I'm like, I can take on another project. I can make plans. And I have one thing that's helped is been just putting calendar blocks on for like me time, like literally blocking off nights. And it's hard because when my mom's like, do you want to grab dinner? Do you want to grab lunch? Like, or if we we have a family thing, like I'm better at turning friends down, but when it's my family, I'm not as good. Like I, I just want to soak up all the family time because this is the first time we've all lived so close. Getting clear on what is important and what is not. I'm still working on that. I think that it's, it's definitely, I don't know, like sometimes things that aren't important just feel really important. (laughs) So working on it. I feel like that's a big a big goal to tackle. Like that feels like a multi-year learning process. I think to me. that's I, like to be fair, a life journey. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I was ambitious. One another one was to dedicate a few hours every week to learning something I'm curious about, whether that's masterclass or reading nonfiction. 
You know, I was thinking about Masterclass the other week because I have completely abandoned it and I love it so much. So I'd like to get back on track with Masterclass. I've been reading a ton of nonfiction. That's not a hard goal for me. I like nonfiction. It's it's fun. I love anything self-improvement. I love learning. You know, the book about cults was one of my favorite books from this year. I read, finally read Joyful. Um, I read my um, list of everything I read this year is going to be on the blog soon or actually as we record this, it's already on the blog. <laughs> and I, I've read a lot of good nonfiction. So I do think that I did some good learning this year. Um, oh, <laughs> here's a goal I failed at. Take one full day off Instagram every week. Um, failed. I will tell you the reason I stopped doing that was because Instagram is a little bitch. Instagram punishes me so much if I take a day off. Like I usually get around like 30,000 story views. That's gone down because Instagram's been just the algorithm is really frustrating. If I if I don't post for a day, like the next day I get like 15,000 story views. And maybe that doesn't sound like a big deal to you, but when so much of my business is based on if people see my links and like they like the sweater I'm wearing and they swipe up and they buy it, I earn a percentage of commission. If I have an advertiser, they expect that they're going to get those 30,000 views, not 15,000 views. It's been a huge source of frustration. I feel like every Instagram person or influencer is talking about this right now. And I don't know. I don't like to complain about the algorithm because everyone's complaining about it. But there's real business consequences. And I think it's really sad how Instagram literally punishes you for taking breaks, which we all need breaks. So I don't really know what to do about it. But like for business reasons, I had to be posting. (laughs) What else? Better work and life boundaries. I think I definitely had some better boundaries this year. Buy property on the tail end. Did not do that don't know what's going on with buying property. I will say one really big goal was I hit my savings goal for a down payment. So the money is gaining interest. It's tucked away somewhere that I can access it if and when I choose to buy something. The issue really is with my relationship. I don't know. I don't know. I would really like, we have to talk more about it and figure out what a long-term plan could look like. And at the same time, I don't know that we're like ready for like that big long-term-y conversation. We're just kind of enjoying things right now, but it's in the back of my mind and I'm not going to just go out and buy property tomorrow when I have this person who lives in LA. Yeah. It sounds like that one became less important to you. So yeah. you still can do it, but you know, it, it's hard when you set goals in January to know how your life will change or what you'll want in December. So I feel the same that like some of my goals were things that I wanted at the time and I don't really care about now. Yes. Yes. So I had a short list. I only had four personal goals. Mixed bag. The first one was to continue to do Melissa Wood Health or some kind of similar exercise five days a week. So last December, I had started just a personal challenge where I was working out every day. I tend to be an all or nothing person. So doing all and just an easy, quick workout every day and not giving myself the choice to be like, I'll work out four days a week and and which days it is really helped me. I would say I did this on and off. There were times during the year where I worked out five days a week. There were times when I did not. (laughs) Right now is a time I am not. I hadn't worked out since October. I've worked out a few times in the new year, but it it hasn't been regular. So I didn't do this, but I also don't feel bad about it. I don't 
really care. At that point, I was feeling really sedentary and I wanted to move more. And this was also, you know, before we were vaccinated and my life was just very much at home. I mean, it is again in in this Omicron period, but I feel like I have more hope that the world will open at some point this year, maybe not stay open, but like, I, I think this was born somewhat out of feeling trapped at home. Yeah. So didn't do that. Don't really You care. also go for a lot of walks, too. So you're not sedentary. Yes. The next one was getting back into some kind of skincare routine. I did this. Um, this was a reaction to the fact that in the early, in 2020, I fully stopped any kind of skincare. Like, did not, I don't know that I, like, moisturized in 2020, in the COVID part of 2020. So I was like, wow, I really need to, like, do some basic skincare. And I have done that. I would not say that my routine is, like, Super aspirational, but like the basic steps. Like I'm doing the basics. Feel good. good about that. Last time on my phone, when I wrote this, I guess I was spending six hours a day for, was my like time thing. I wish that on your phone where it tracks time stats, you can only see the previous week. I wish it was like health where you could see the previous year to see how you did over the year. I would say mine is slightly better. Like I think, I, th- I want to say like last week it was five. I still am just baffled by how I spend that much time on my phone. Yeah, it was 4.54 last week, so not great. I'm still baffled how I spend four four or five hours on my phone every day and, like, what I could do with that time, but I also don't care that much right now. Like, I'm getting the things done that I need to get done. My big professional one was to write a book. I managed to do that no matter how much time I was spending on my phone, so it's like, well, in a fictional world, I don't want that for myself, but in, like, the real world, it's happening and, like, I'm getting things done anyway, so who cares? Um, And then saving money. I did not do that. I had a lower income year than the previous year just because I uh, dedicated more of my time to longer-term projects like my book and to continuing to develop rom-com pods that don't pay in the short term. So I'm hoping that that will bear dividends in the future. But my income this year was definitely lower. And I like, I didn't go into debt. Like I'm breaking even, but I'm not like really padding out my savings right now. And again, I'm fine with it. So I did almost none of my goals, but I feel okay about it. Like I'm not beating myself up or feeling bad. So I'll take it as a win. Yeah, I I think that that's kind of how I feel about my professional goals. Actually, <laughs> I did better on my on my professional goals than my personal goals. I did better on my personal goals than my professional goals. <laughs> Should we do the professional ones? Yeah, yeah. What were yours? So my first one was to break even on rom com pods via selling ads or selling a script or a season, and I did this. So I think we are. Maybe not technically, but um, okay. So we sold Bone Mary Berry, which is coming out in February. We sold that in like last February. And so the first payment of that went directly into Showman's to paying for Showman's production. And between that and what we already had in our bank account from ad sales from season two, we didn't have to put in any new money. And then uh, with the other two payments that we've gotten from Bone Mary Berry, well, we've only actually gotten one. We've invoiced for the other, but we haven't actually gotten it. We'll be at break even, meaning everything we've invested will have gotten back. So we haven't made any money off of it, but we're at break even, which I feel like is good. I'm proud of that compared to where I was in 2020. Yeah. 
Yeah, you guys made a lot of progress this year, I feel like. I do too. So did that. Second one was explore writing a book. And I said in last year's goal episode, I was like, I don't want to write half a book. I don't want to like have kind of written something and have it in the drawer and like have put in all this effort to like not get anything out of it. And it was dicey at points, but I finished my first draft. Like it's happening. So yeah, like this is on the road. I did it. And then my last one was get more ahead for bad on paper. Uh, we did not do this. <laughs> we did not. But but that's okay. I don't I don't think that we were either either of us were too upset about that. Yeah, I don't feel like we were stressed about it. Like it had caused stress in in past years and I I wasn't stressed about it last year. Same. What were yours? Okay, I'm looking at it and I actually did pretty well with the first two. It was the last one that I sucked at. The first one was to continue building long-term relationships with brand partners, and that's happened. I really I, – I will bring in new advertisers if something strikes my fancy, but I prefer to work with the same brands over and over again. I think um, – I don't know, like Biosons, for example. Like they make my favorite skincare, and I want to keep working with them again and again. Rent the Runway, um, Necessaire. There's like all these partners that – I genuinely use in my everyday life and I feel so lucky to get to keep working with them. So that I did achieve. I also said more product focused partnerships. And this year I had a few. I had um I did one the Staples collection with Amazon. I did um the second night tire collaboration and I did Chappy Wrap just now. And that felt good. I would like to do more. I would like to, we, well, we can talk more about our intentions, but I feel really good about that. And for 2022, um, there's Chappie Wrap and then there's just Sarah Flint planned for next fall, which I'm super excited about. And then I'm, I've been talking to another smaller brand about doing a product collaboration. So we'll see. That's cool. So yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you the one I did bad on. <laughs> uh, my goal had been to grow my blog traffic, by 25%. And um, my blog traffic for the year was down 6%. But um, I will tell you in, in listening to comments from my audience, because that post got like almost 200 comments, a lot of people said, you know, I have to be honest, I haven't had the bandwidth for much more than Instagram. I like long form content just isn't something I've had the capacity to even digest. So people were like apologizing. They're like, sometimes I just didn't have the energy to go to your blog. Blog comments were down 50%. So I was like, wow, I truly was boring because you, you take it all in and you blame yourself. But I didn't, I don't have like the context from other people. And I got a lot of context from people being like, I don't comment. I love your blog, but I never comment because I'm fucking tired. And I was like, oh, I get it. Like kind of like how for me this year, like with I don't know, I just, I've talked about feeling like a lack of stamina, just feeling really exhausted, COVID brain. I didn't have COVID, but I had like pandemic brain. Um, I didn't have the bandwidth to be as thoughtful as I usually can. So I can completely understand why people would say, I I didn't have the energy to comment on your blog. Like maybe, I don't think I'd have the energy to comment on someone's blog. So I totally get it. And also the other thing was the previous year was so good my blog traffic had been up either 60 or 80%. I forget. So when you have a really good year like that, it's challenging to anniversary it. So I'm trying not to be too down on it. I am such a, I don't know, I like, like love the numbers and it's hard to like, you know, I this is my 12th year having a blog and this is the 
only your traffic has ever been down. And yeah, it's only 6% and it is a pandemic. So I'm going to just move along and, and hope for better next year. Yeah. And you were still able to like hit your savings goals and do the collaborations you wanted to do. Like there were other wins in there, even if the numbers didn't quite make it. Yeah. And my Instagram audience grew. Like everyone was on Instagram because they're all tired and just want to be on their phones. So we're going to go into next year's goals. But first, let's take a little ad break to talk about night. Night makes the pillow that has fundamentally changed my sleep quality. And they also make our favorite silk face masks. Night has marked down all of their masks by 50%, and you can stack our 20% discount on top of that with code BADONPAPER to get their silk masks for just $22, which is a total steal. Yes, I just placed an order and I got two new ones. These masks are really worth it. They feel really light and are super comfortable to wear, which is so important when you're wearing a mask for a prolonged period of time. And if you're double masking, you can easily put an N95 mask under this because it's adjustable and it has ear loops so it can loosen or tighten. And because night masks are made with 100% mulberry silk, they don't absorb moisture the way cotton does and they help to keep my skin hydrated, which is also an added bonus because my skin just gets so dry this time of year. Also, mask knee is just the worst, but mulberry silk is naturally hypoallergenic, which means my skin stays clear when I wear my night mask. But don't just take our word for it. You know who loves night masks? Pretty much every celebrity. And I'm not kidding. Really, every celebrity you can think of has been spotted wearing a night mask. People like Nina Dobrev, Gigi Hadid, Adele, Jessica Alba, Hailey Bieber, Priyanka Chopra. The list goes on and on. Seriously, it's the mask that Hollywood chooses. It also comes in six beautiful colors, black, blush, pink, gunmetal, navy, and emerald, and champagne. And they restocked them all. Uh, some of the colors were out of stock for a little bit. So I just grabbed a navy one, which is my favorite, and I somehow lost all of Knight's silk masks are 50% off. Go to www.discoverknight.com today and shop all of Knight's masks and mask accessories. And of course, remember to use bad on paper, all one word, for the additional 20% off. Note, this is a brand new code and works on their whole site, not just the masks. All right, let's get into 2022 stuff. So before I get into it, I just wanted to know, how do you feel about going into this year versus last year? Um, I feel like I don't, I just don't care. (laughs) That sounds really bad. I just feel, I feel like I got a little burnt out both in 2020 and 2021 for different reasons. And I just want to like scale back, focus, regroup, and, um, just, I don't know. I just feel like less I'm, I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm a a rising Virgo, more of a Libra, but I'm also very goal oriented and very achievement focused. We're both type three Enneagrams. Ah, I just feel like I have some things I want to achieve and we'll talk about them, but I just want to feel like balanced. Like I want to feel like I want this, when I think about what I want this year to feel like, I just want it to feel productive, but like breezy, not productive and frantic. Sometimes I feel like between the blog, Instagram, the podcast, my email newsletter, I'm just rushing every minute to get content up. And I don't think content is very good when when it's rushed. I think it needs to be more creative and thoughtful. So I just want to slow down. Does that does that answer the question properly? Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. How are you feeling? Oh, I am a mixed bag. On the one hand, I feel 
On the macro, like world level, I feel more optimistic going into 2022 than I did going into 2021. Like if I think back and I listened back to our episode from last year, I felt really uncertain last year about like we weren't vaccinated. We didn't have the option to be vaccinated. I didn't know when I would be able to be vaccinated. We didn't know how long the vaccine that feels would like last. so much longer than a year ago. I know, but it, that's how we were that feels feeling like four years ago. Like, yes, it felt like I didn't know if I could. I hadn't traveled anywhere and I didn't know if I would be able to last year. Like there was just so much unknown. And I think I felt a lot of uncertainty and like slightly more pessimistic. Whereas this year, I feel like even though Omicron is definitely surging, I do feel optimistic that maybe not for the whole year, but there will be points this year at which I will be able to eat in a restaurant. I will be able to travel. I will be able to do things. And so like in that way, I feel more optimistic about 2022 than I did about 2021. Yes. On a personal level, I feel more pessimistic than I did last year. I just feel like I have more uncertainty, especially in my professional life, than I have in past years because so much of what I want to achieve is dependent on other people. And I just don't know if it will happen. And so personally, like I just feel much more up in the air about money, much more up in the air about like whether I'll be able to achieve my goals. And and I don't know. So I'm personally pessimistic, but like macro optimistic. So I'm a little of both. That makes sense. But I was excited to goal set this year versus last year. I feel like I was like, I don't even know what to put on this list because I don't know what will be possible. Like I felt like more things were like doable. Yeah. I kind of answered your question as in how do you feel about goals? And that was my answer. But I wanted to just chime in that I feel very optimistic about 2022 generally. And I think that the Omicron is going to just be a bump in the road and things are going to get better. Do you feel, though, that like I feel like people are really down on goals this year, like both people on the Internet generally, but then also my friends like I sent a text to or no, I didn't send a text. My friend Ashley sent a text to our group chat and she was like, does anyone have resolutions this year? And I get it. I like I bristle at the word resolution because resolution to me feels like a diet or an exercise regime or something. So I don't love that word. But like I have lots of goals for this year. And our group chat was just everyone was like, except for one other person and me, were like, no, (laughs) like no resolutions. And I get it. Some of them are parents. And I know that, you know, parents are incredibly burnt out and, you know, people in careers that like teachers or uh, anyone who works in the medical profession or, you know, anyone who works in like anything that they don't have the choice to be working from home and like at their house. Like, I, I, I totally get that. But also, like, I have friends who are definitely not in that boat and they were like, no resolutions. That's funny. I think I see that. I think I've seen a lot of on the internet, like, people are tired. They're like, I'm not making goals anymore. I see a lot of like, I want to work less this year. I'm like, I don't want to work less this year. I just want to work a little bit smarter and just feel a little bit more focused. I've seen a lot of, I want to work less. I've seen a lot of in- influencers saying they're leaving Instagram which um, I think that's going to be really challenging. Like even Instagram is my biggest driver of traffic to my blog. So I could just be a blogger, but then my tr- that would suffer. I just think I'm, I'm watching like, because most of the people I follow and engage with are, you know, my friends, fellow content creators. And I'm just seeing a lot of like, I'm going to work less this year. I'm tired. I don't want to do all, the, all this stuff. 
which I can relate to, but I think goals are still good. I mean, I love goals. I'm my Virgo energy, like my heart sings when it's like goal setting, like let's do it. So I was really excited this year, given the state of the world being to me slightly better than it was in in coming into 2021. So I don't know. Um, what's your goal setting process? And do you have any resources to recommend before we get into the actual goals? Uh, my process this year was just like, this is some stuff I want to do. <laughs> um, it wasn't very official or, or very fanciful, but I will say a good resource that I've been, I've been reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. And one thing I really like is that he talks about systems versus goals and how important it is to put those systems in place. And I, and so now I think about for every goal, like what is my system and what are the tactics behind it and how am I going to get there as opposed to just, I want to do these five things. I did something new this year for setting my goals that I thought worked really well. It's not fancy or or anything, but usually I try to sit down and all in one session, I try to like brainstorm what my goals are. And, you know, in last year, I think it was because for this podcast episode, I was like, got to come up with some goals. But I think that that leads to me just putting down whatever I can think of as opposed to the most important things. So this year, I kind of just put a notebook next to my or a, a legal pad next to my computer for like two weeks. And I kind of just wrote down goals as they came to me. So I didn't put the pressure on of like, you have to come up with what your top five goals are right now. It was just like, here's a list. And then, you know, I can think about it longer term. And I think that really worked for me. I kind of did that too, because I have a journal and I write in my journal every morning. And so a lot of my goals were in my journal. Like they just would come up and they'd become like a journaling prompt. Yeah. Instead of putting like the pressure on it to be like, sitting Mm -hmm. down, staring at a blank page and being like, what are your goals? And then you're just like, here's five things I can think of. Yes. As opposed to things I actually care about. Yes. Um, And the other resource, so I said this last week, I started listening to the Happier podcast with Gretchen Rubin. And I also have been listening to Happier in Hollywood, which is a spinoff podcast with her sister, Elizabeth Kraft, and her screenwriting partner, Sarah Fain. And they both kind of have goal-setting processes I didn't do this, but I liked hearing about it. And I think this could be interesting if you're looking for a system. So first of all, they choose a word of the year, which I think is interesting. That is like kind of emblematic of what they want and like a mantra to themselves. And then they also do 22 goals in 22. And some of them are really small or silly or fun. Um, But I liked that. And they also have a Facebook group for, I'm not in the happier one, I'm in the happier in Hollywood one. And I like seeing other people post their lists. Like I've been getting a lot of inspiration from those. So if you're sitting here and you're like, I don't know how to even start setting goals. Like I think episodes from December and January from both of those podcasts would be a good place to get some inspiration. Agree. Should we dive in? I arbitrarily put professional goals first. Should Should we dive in with that? Yes. What are your professional goals for 2022? I just want to be a lot more intentional with every piece of content I produce. And I really, really want to improve the visuals, both for my blog and my Instagram, and to really push myself creatively. There's a lot of really great photographers down here in Charleston. One woman, Laura So, who she was my Instagram obsession before I moved here. And she was came recommended to me by Alicia Ramos. And 
she's just so thoughtful and talented. She shot all the visuals for my Chappy Rap collaboration. And she's her just price-wise and lead time-wise, she her lead time is a lot longer than other photographers I've worked with. And she's a little bit more expensive. So I think um one thing with photography, just moving to Charleston, there has been some sticker shock because in New York, there's all these photographers who are super used to working with influencers, like can get you your, your photos within a few days. Well, the fees are really affordable in Charleston. It's, it's less like that. And so I, um, I have, I have struggled with that, but I just think Laura is so incredibly talented. She has great energy. She's a cat lady like me. And we like the other day we shot for like two hours and I was like, I feel so energized and inspired after shooting together. Whereas a lot of times after a photo shoot, I feel very depleted. Like one thing I, you know, this, like usually after a photo shoot, I have like a half an hour time block on my calendar just to like eat a piece of candy and like sit in quiet. Like candy crush. No, 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 no candy crush, but because it's still work day, but I like to just sit down and like have quiet time because it exhausts me. And like, I know it sounds silly, but like, you have to like I plan my shoots very like down to the T and you're also like constantly smiling and like running from location to location. It's an exhausting thing. Plus all the prep beforehand to like make sure you have all the like God, my apartment has to be perfectly clean at any time we're shooting in it. So I don't know. There's like a lot of like little things, but just like getting getting the visuals better. I, f- I often feel that like I have good taste in clothing and and different things that I like and sometimes my photography just doesn't feel like it lines up with that and it's not because of a photographer I work with it's because I'm not planning the shoots as well as I could you know now I make a little mood board before every shoot which once a week like that's a lot of work to do that that's a lot but we then like the shoots just come out so much better so doing that is a big huge focus I also have to embrace reels. I'm going to just be really candid here. (laughs) I did a reel. I've gotten some feedback that my reels are bad and like, that's fine. But can I just tell you, if I just say I'm working on a beauty campaign and I shoot beautiful photos for the blog, I used to just for the Instagram, I would put that photo on my grid and that would be the thing. Around the holidays, like those posts were getting like 300 likes. Like Instagram is just like, Instagram's like kind of a little bitch. So I have switched my strategy to, and this requires a lot more work to make a reel now, in addition to all of the other stuff, because whereas like I just did a campaign for Briogeo and the reel I made was not very well produced. It was, it was something I made in my bathroom by myself. I edited, it took me hours to make, but it was not beautiful or perfect. You know what? That reel got 70,000 views. I think people like things that are imperfect. Like it feels more authentic as opposed to really produced content. Like I follow some people who make these very produced videos that are, you know, commercial quality almost. And sometimes I look at them and even though they're beautiful, I'm like, this feels like advertising to me versus somebody telling me about a product that they enjoy or like something more casual feels like a friend giving you a recommendation. Yeah. And I, to- I totally get that. And that was kind of what I was going for. But then you get like this feedback that your content sucks. And it's like, 
all right, like, who are you? I will tell you that though, there was a business reason there. 70,000 views or like 300 likes. Which would you want if you were the brand? I think you need to let go of when people say that it sucks. Like it performed for what it was supposed to do. And like, if you like it, then great. Like, I, I think you're right. That All of that said, I'd like to get a little better at video editing. Like, I, I like my videos. Like, I, I, yeah, I want them to be casual and fun, but like, it'll never be television commercial level. I just want them to be a little better. But it's taking time. Like, I have resting bitch face. And like, I would like I did an air wrap reel and editing that thing was hard because half the time I just looked miserable because I was like focusing on my on my hair. And when I'm focusing, I look horrible. Yeah, you have to be the talent. You have to be the photographer. You have to be the editor. Like you in a commercial, that would be like many people's different jobs versus you have to do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Moving on. The next one is I'm working on a big blog redesign with Victoria McKinley. Um, Like we're changing the logo, the colors, the site, like everything. So I'm really excited. When's that going to launch? We have our kickoff call on Thursday tomorrow and so hopefully this summer I don't know I I feel like it takes she 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 also has a longer lead time but she's one of the most thoughtful and creative people I've ever worked with I would also like to do a third product collaboration this year I have some discussions started but you know we have Chappie Rap which is live on their site right now Sarah Flint is coming out um, around fall holiday next year and I'm really hoping to do something in the clothing space. So we'll okay. see about that. One specific goal I have is that I'd like to do more small business collaborations. I think that small business product collaborations are a really good way to work with a smaller brand because what I do with them is usually I won't charge them a flat fee, like an advertising fee. Instead, we'll do a percentage of sales. So it's, you know, like with Night Tire, for example, she's a one person company. I don't take a fee for that. I just um, take 20% of sales. And that still adds up to be like relatively lucrative to to me. I mean, it's not as lucrative as, say, working with Amazon or something, but it um, we both walk away really happy. This is a silly one, but I'd like to be a little bit bored. I think that sometimes I just feel so like I have to create this. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And there's no time to just pause and think. And I've found that like even just starting to do more treadmill workouts, my brain just starts like I feel so creatively inspired afterwards because I've had that time to kind of turn my brain off and just like get through the workout. So I I, I read years and years ago, I read a book called, Bo- I think it was called Bored and Brilliant maybe. And it's all about by giving your brain these this time to rest, you actually end up having more creative ideas and more more things like that. Oh, I totally believe that. Yeah, I felt that way after the break, like the the week long like <laughs> TV slothdom um food binge I was on, like I just like I feel like I was like really truly like my couch and I were like one in the same. <laughs> and I felt but I felt like the creative juices were flowing again after that week off. And then lastly, I just want to think about new products and ideas. I've thought about launching a product. I've thought about writing a book. I have all these things up in my head that I want to do, um, but not a lot of free time to do them. So I want to at least start thinking about them. And maybe in 2023, that sounds crazy, like launch something fun. Okay. Yeah. How about you? 
I am terrified of all of my goals. You have big goals. Um, which is, I guess, maybe a good thing. I don't know. I'm terrified of all of them. So my first goal is that I want to sell a TV show or a film based on a past or current rom-com pod season. We started the process of trying to sell Showmance as a TV show last year. We had some good meetings, but they didn't really amount to anything. So I think that's still on the table. I actually think Honeymoon for One, the first one we did, would make a great like Hallmark or Lifetime type movie. I think probably our best shot of this is with Bone Mary Berry, our new show that's coming out in February. And there's already been some interest, but I've already learned that that doesn't really mean much. So I'm not trying not to count it as a given, but I want that. I want one of our productions to turn it, be bought to be adapted as a TV show or film. And of course, that doesn't necessarily mean that it'll actually come out, but I guess the first step, my goal is to sell the IP. So that's one. My second one is to sell my book. And this is not scary. The selling the book part isn't scary. The scary part is that before that, I have to like edit it. I have to get the book in better shape. And that's really, really daunting. So, you know, I have to edit the book. I have to find the agent and then sell the book. So there's a few steps before before that. So that's that. I also want to start a second book. When I said that I was going to write the first book, I was like, this is a bucket list item. I've always wanted to do this. I'm very realistic that most authors do not make good money. Um, it's, it isn't a, necessarily a career pivot for me, but it's something that I want to do. And I had an idea for a second book that came to me in 2021. And now I feel like I'm like, I have to write a second book. So we'll see wow. if this just keeps going on and on forever. But I want to start a second book. There's also part of me that really loves process improvement. And so I'm also, it's kind of like I learned so much already during the process of the first book. Like, could I do it better, faster, more enjoyably a second time? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start a second book. I don't think that I would start this until like, Q3, Q4. So I, I'm not saying finish the first draft, but you know, start it. Um, I want to sell and create at least one new rom-com pods podcast. This is more challenging than I would have thought it would be last <laughs> year. We have been trying basically for the whole second half of 2021 to sell some new pitches. And we're just not getting a lot of interest because people are not interested in rom-coms. Like we get asked all the time if somebody wants, if if we want to write cr true crime or if we want to write in other genres and we really don't. And then I almost feel like we kind of are shooting ourselves in the foot a little bit with Bone Mary Berry because it's a campy murder mystery and it's just kind of like an idea that came to us that we couldn't ignore, but it's not in our wheelhouse. And I don't think it's like indicative of the future, but now I feel like people are going to be like, well, we want something like that. So we're having a really hard time marrying up the projects that we want to create versus the, the projects that people want to buy from us. And at the end of last year, we kind of went down this road of like, what if we crowdfunded it? And I think 
I'm deciding against that. I think that I cannot, with between the book stuff and everything else I have going on, I can't afford to not be paid for my work in that arena. So I'm like, I need somebody to pay me for this. So we'll see. I think we need to brainstorm some new pitches that maybe straddle the line a little more of like rom-com plus something. But yeah, this one sounds easy, but is actually really freaking hard. I do think that it's going to be easier when Bone Mary Berry is out. And there's all that so, buzz but around I, it. I do get what your, your concerns about getting so. pigeonholed. But then I think people are going to want something like that. And we don't have anything like that. Nor do I think we're nor do I think we're looking to move into that area where we're excited to brainstorm more ideas like that. Like it was fun. We loved doing it, but it was like a one-off. Yeah. So there's that. And then my scariest goal, which I honestly have no idea if I'll be able to achieve is I would like to make enough money from my creative projects to be able to give up consulting by the end of the year next year, this year. Wow. By the end of 2022. That's amazing. I just feel like, I don't know. I love the flexibility of consulting. I've made more money consulting than I did in-house. Like, it's given me a lot, but I don't feel like my heart's in it right now. And it's been great because I've been able – it's allowed me the flexibility to do all these other things. But, like, I don't want to do it anymore. If I have to do it, I guess I I can and that's fine. But, like, I want to be making money from other things that I don't have to. So we shall see. I think that's a great goal. So these are my very terrifying professional goals that I have no idea if I will achieve. Let's take a quick ad break, and then we'll come back and talk about our personal goals. So today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. And as you can tell from this episode, we are very much thinking about our goals and intentions for the year ahead. And maybe you are thinking about being a little less stressed this year, or maybe you need help setting boundaries with somebody in your life, or maybe you just want to talk to somebody and get an unbiased opinion. And in any of these cases, BetterHelp might be able to help. If you're looking to pinpoint or address anything that interferes with your happiness or prevents you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who may be able to help. Yes, and they make it so easy. So first, you'll fill out a simple online questionnaire that will assess your needs. Then they're going to ask you about your age, relationship status, past experiences with therapy, and what you're looking to address. From there, they're going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can choose how you want to interact with them, um, whether that is messaging them anytime, which requires no scheduling needed, or you could do phone and video sessions, whatever works best for you. And something we really love is that they also have counselors who are specialized in specific issues like stress, anxiety, relationships, parenting, addictions, eating, sleeping, trauma, family conflict, LGBT matters, self-esteem, and more. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. All told, they have over 20,000 licensed professional therapists. And what's great is that they're committed to facilitating great matches. So if your first therapist isn't a fit for any reason, they make it free and easy to switch if you need to. And anything you share is always confidential. Best of all, it's more affordable than traditional online counseling and financial aid is available. We want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash bad on paper. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bad on paper. All right, into the personal goals. Can I go first on this one? Yes. 
There's one on your list and I have no idea what it means. Okay. So I try to make my personal goals fun and not like in any way punishing myself, just like improving my life and like, I don't know. I I didn't want to, my professional goals are so hard this year that I didn't want my personal goals to be something that I was beating myself up over. So I have one serious big goal. It's my first serious goal. I want to stop biting my nails. Is that your serious one? Yes. Like this is the hard one that like will take more effort that isn't pleasurable. Do you bite them even when there's polish on them? Okay. So it depends. So I have successfully, I've bitten my nails my whole life, but I've successfully stopped for various periods of time. And the secret is that, it's not a secret, the the way that I can do that (laughs) is if I have my nails perfectly polished at all times. And so that usually means that I have to, and I'm pretty good at it. I have to give myself an at-home manicure like every three or four days. So they're always perfect. There's not growth at the bottom. They're not chipped at all. You know, alternately, I can get a that gel is high man- maintenance, super high maintenance. Otherwise, I can get a gel manicure, but then the minute it like chips, I either have to go get a new one or else I start picking at them. Oh, I start picking at it and peeling it off. And then that makes yes. my nails really unhealthy and weak. Well, then also I would be like, well, they're already a mess. I'm going to bite them. So <laughs> I am committed to not biting my nails this year. It is January 12th and I have not been my nails this year. And I have, you can't really say it's like a nude manicure that I've given myself. But I'm doing well with it so far. Last night, I bought myself all kinds of fancy nail polish because that was my treat to incentivize Where'd myself to do it. Where would you buy it? I bought a bunch of Chanel nail polish on Nordstrom. They have Bougie. really good colors. Okay. I don't know about the quality. I also have the Olive and June set from when they were an advertiser last year. So I have lots of nail polish. I love Olive and June. Me too. I find their polishes work really well. And the top coat is so good. Me too. So um, I'm on it. So okay. Far. Um my second one is I covid permitting. There's two of these that are covid permitting and like if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen. I want to host more at least one. I want to host more dinner parties and game nights. Like I love having people over. I just like I guess I kind of forget sometimes to like plan in advance. So I want to do that. I want to host dinner parties and or game nights a couple times next year. Not like once a month, but like, you know, just a few. My third one is I want to meet Leo and Noah. Is this the one that you were confused about? Yes. Okay. I I Googled them. I was like, who are they? So these are two of my friend's children. (laughs) So that's why you couldn't Google it. (laughs) So two of my best friends who both live in San Francisco, both had pandemic babies and I haven't met either of them. So Leo, my friend Ashley's baby was born in July of 2020 and I haven't met him. And then Noah is my friend Lauren's baby, and she was just born in December. So I really want to make it to San Francisco and get to meet both of them because they're the children of two of my dearest friends. Um, Here's a silly one. I want to master fake eyelashes. Not on an everyday basis, but on like a fancy occasion basis. Like I want to get really good at doing at-home fake eyelashes. I I bow down to that because I can't do that. I think I can get there. I think this is a fun one to try to master. I like that. This is another one. That's going to be tricky, but I will see. I want to switch my walks to the morning. And part of this is because sometimes I feel like if I leave them till the afternoon, I I don't have time because I get busy with like emails and follow-ups and things. And so that's hard, especially when the days are short. 
the other thing is that I feel like I, I've said this a bunch of times on the podcast, like in the morning, I'm not like fully functioning when I first wake up. Like it takes me an hour and a half to wake up usually. And so I usually waste that time. Like I spend that time on my phone or like, I don't know what I do with that time. And so I'm like, if I went on a walk instead, I feel like it wakes my mind up and I always come back from a walk with ideas and like, it just puts me in a really good mental space. So I would like to switch my walks to the morning. Although honestly, I have made no effort on this one. And I think this one might need to wait a little bit because right now it is so cold in the morning because, you know, it the temperatures drop overnight. So like this morning I was like, great, I'm going to go on a walk. And then I looked at the weather app and I was like, it's 18 degrees. I'm not going to go on a walk. So maybe once it starts to warm up a little, but I would really like my routine to be, I wake up, I like pee and brush my teeth and I go for a walk. I like that. And then I like have coffee when I get back. Yeah. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, I want to take an international trip that is not to Mexico or the Caribbean, COVID permitting. I want to go on like a big trip, TM, meaning like, I don't know, South America somewhere or Europe or Asia. Like I want to go on a big trip. Mm -hmm. Don't you miss big trips? I mean, I got to go to Vienna this year, which felt like a big trip, but it was only for three nights. I do. I want to go on a big trip. And then another one that I am working on is I want to unsubscribe from as many email lists that do not serve me. I don't want notifications. Don't unsubscribe from mine. Not people's news, not people's newsletters, but like brands. Like I get so many emails from underwear brands that I've tried once and didn't even like them or like just random things that I've purchased from once and I do not need emails about. And so I just want to clean up the emails I'm getting so that there's fewer notifications on my phone and that like the things in my inbox are actually important. So I'm trying to be conscious that instead of just deleting things, I'm unsubscribing. Yes. What are your personal goals this year? Okay. The biggest one, just a little anxiety inducing, but I can do it, is um, to get my driver's license and to get a car or even if I... You're going to get a car too? Well, I don't know. I need to get the driver's license so here's the thing. I guess it doesn't really do you any good to have a driver's license if you don't have a here's car. Here's the thing. One of my goals for the year is to potentially live in LA for a month with Jeff. We've been talking about it as like a July or August thing. I feel like when I, whenever I say these things, I get so nervous. And I'm like, we're going to break up. And we're, there's no signs we're going to break up. It's just nervous, nerve-wracking talking about your life on the internet like this. Like, maybe we'll break up. I don't think we will. But... Um, We've talked about maybe in July or August, um, me moving out there for a month and, you know, like just I think it would be nice to spend a longer period of time together. And I'm sorry, you don't need a car if you live downtown in Charleston. You just don't. And everyone likes to like shit on me for that, but you really don't. I think that the time that I would want it is in the dead of summer when it's so hot out. Yes. I mean, I do Uber places. I um Yeah. My mom and dad often pick me up because my mom works downtown and she'll grab me up to like go over their house at night and then I'll Uber home. It's the thing of it is, is for me, if I have one drink, I'm not going to drive. Like I am such a bad and this is a very New Yorker mentality, but also I'm so bad at driving anyway that I wouldn't. I'm a nervous driver. Yeah, me too. So I one drink, not driving. Sorry. So you're not going to drive yourself to dinners or things like that because you might drink. Yes. So and at my parents' house, there is always a lot of wine. So I will always have to 
probably Uber home from them. It so won't be more about like errands and grocery shopping and things like that. And for that, I think a golf cart would be fine, but you need a golf cart to have your driver's license. So I kind of see it as, I mean, you need need a driver's license to have a golf cart. (laughs) In Charleston, you could only have a driver's license if you produce a golf cart. I kind of think that what's going to happen is that I'm going to get my driver's license like by summer. Um, I'm going to get a golf cart for Charleston. And then um, if I spend more time in L.A., I'm going to need a car there. And I don't know what this looks like. Right. Like I could just drive his car or I could rent a car. I have I literally have I haven't thought this through or anything. So but if I if I spend a month in L.A., I can't go there and not be able to drive. That's all I'm saying. Whereas Charleston has been. And this is, again, as someone who lives downtown and loves to walk and has access to Uber. It's been easy. I don't think you need a car to live here. That's a big one. But that's my big one. On a lighter note, I would like to take better care of my hair. It is um, feeling so healthy and shiny and good. Mastered the air wrap. I blow out my hair myself because of the shorter length. It doesn't take me very long. I realized I need to get haircuts every six weeks. I used to get haircuts twice a year. So I last time went eight months between mine. So that feels <laughs> that feels steep. So I'm trying to do it every six weeks. It's a lot more affordable here in Charleston and I can walk to my hair salon. So it's really not a big deal. It's almost like getting a blowout. So that I would like, I started doing something really nice in my leisurely like week off was before I showered, I would dry brush like my whole body with like the um, sisal brush And I have a blog post all about dry brushing, but it felt so good. And I will say after a couple of weeks of doing it every day, my arms feel so smooth and my skin is a lot less dry than it usually is because it like really exfoliates and it also like gets the blood flowing. So I want to do that most days when I shower. I'm not going to say every day because I know I'll forget or I'll take a bath and the dry brush won't be in the room with the bathtub. I just added this to my list because you said having more game nights. I love having movie nights. My family is actually doing something funny. I have to work on this tonight. So there's a new Matrix movie. And so we all have to watch all of the old Matrix movies. And then together we're going to watch the new one. Okay. I love movies. My friends here really love movies. My parents do. I want to host more movie nights with like a fun snack, like making like homemade popcorn or like a fun cocktail, like... On Christmas Eve, Jeff and I made homemade margaritas and then watched a bunch of movies, and that was really fun. I would like to plan more fun dates. I think that Charleston's got so much to do, and oftentimes we'll just stay in or like go to my favorite restaurant, and I think there's more to do, especially living in a new city. I would like to go to China with Jeff. I don't know. Oh, if I was going to say, gonna I was happen. like, interesting. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen. He is launching has launched is in the process of building like a separate company there. So he's going to have to be out there like, I don't know, like a month out of the whole year total. So he'll have multiple trips planned out there and I would like to join him right now. Tourists can't go there. Like you can go for business reasons. So it's like illegal. I can't go right now, but I'm hoping that I could join him on one of these trips. I think it would be really cool. Like I love seeing him in action for his job. I, I, 
think it would just be really fun and interesting. And he has spent a lot of time there over the years. So he'd be able to show me around and like we, we could do cool, interesting things. That would be very cool. Yeah. I want to go to Japan even more than China, but I um, maybe we tack on a trip to Japan afterwards. Or I mean, this feels like so far off with the pandemic. <laughs> I'm like giggling, being like, I'm going to go to China. But we'll see. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> if, even going out to dinner feels, it feels you know, like, oh, that, that feels aspirational. It's still warm here, so we're going to dinner. Yeah. And the same with LA. Like, all outdoor dining is nice. And, like, with a light jacket, you're totally fine. If I was in New York, I would not be going out to dinner. But, it's been um, cold. Really far foreign travel feels, like, super abstract. So... We'll see. It was weird to write down China on this list, but I would love to do it if it happened. I've been really focused on workouts and I got a trainer this year. I work out with her two to three times a week and then do two to three like treadmill workouts a week. I want to stick with that. I feel really good. I feel fit. I felt when we were doing all our athletic-y things, I felt like I noticed a big change in my stamina in my cardiovascular system. Lately, when I run on the treadmill, I feel like my heart and lungs can keep up with my legs because I have strong legs and I'm, you know, I grew up running. Like, I feel like there's some muscle memory, but it was like my cardio system was just like, oh, like real winded after like three minutes of running. So I would really like to stick with my workouts and I'd really like to be able to run three or four miles in like a breezy way. Like I could probably run three miles right now, but it would not be breezy. I'd probably want to pass out afterwards. I want it to be like, oh, I just ran three miles before my training session. Like no big deal. Um, I follow, I think you do too, Emma Golden. Um, her Instagram is Emma's thing. Oh yes. Yes. And she's been doing the couch to 5k app and it has me very tempted I would be running outside, so the weather is not quite um, cooperating with that right now. But it has me very tempted and like thinking about it. Her, she's been like sharing her journey to like becoming a runner for I think like the first time on her Instagram, and I'm like, huh. I did that a few years ago. I liked it, but I don't know. I I like doing these interval workouts better, which I saved to my um my little highlights. You know what was funny was I was catching up with Alex on the phone the other day and she's like, by the way, like and you listeners, you have to understand Alex like is not super social media y. Like she doesn't like I don't ever expect her to like like and comment on my Instagram posts because she's just not like a I don't even think usually think she watches my stories. The other day she's like, Can you please keep posting those treadmill workouts? <laughs> she's like I love them she's like I've been doing them all and like so now when I do that my treadmill workout I'm also like oh Alex is doing this too like it's great that's cute <laughs> but it's cute like it was like a fun little bonding moment but I love my little treadmill workouts I'd like to get it to the point where there's no walking and I'm doing like three or four miles without any walking breaks I'd like to go to Europe <laughs> Europe feels up there with China but we'll see it felt more realistic because I went to Vienna earlier this year but I'd really like to see my friends Allie and Michael and their three kids over in Belfast. I'd like to get to London. Jeff's brother lives part of the year in Paris, so I'd love to go with him and visit them. I don't know. All of this feels, again, very abstract, but I'd like to do it. And then the last one is, I like, we literally just, I haven't even talked to my family about this, but the idea of maybe during the summer, which I really don't enjoy summer in Charleston, like especially August, like maybe living in LA for the month of August. 
Okay. We've got some goals between us. We do. Yeah. Should we switch over to some end matter here? Yes. Um, I don't have an Instagram. I did a huge purge this week um, and just unfollowed a bunch of accounts, a lot of brand accounts, especially that I was like, I don't, I don't need to be caught up with this. So I don't have one. I've been unfollowing, not following. What about you? I was, um, when I was at LACMA, there was this really beautiful Rothko painting that I put on my story and I really love his works. Um, and a reader was like, you should follow daily Rothko. So every day they post a new one of his paintings. It's like, I don't know. I really like it. I, I get a lot of enjoyment following, art accounts because it's nice to just have like a beautiful painting pop up in your feed versus like someone trying to sell you something or like somebody showing you how much better their life is than yours. That's cool. Yeah. What about obsessions? I have two. The first one is a more local to LA thing. We went to LACMA and right now there is a Black American portraits exhibit up and it is incredible. I will tell you, I was a little bit devastated because the Obama portraits had been there a week earlier and they had just left. Oh, they're great. I saw the Obama portraits in D.C. Oh, I haven't seen them up close before, but um, there was a really beautiful Kahine Wiley portrait at this exhibit. There's also this amazing Bisa Butler textile, which like it looks like a painting and then you get up close and you realize it's all little bits of fabric sewn together. Like she's just incredible. So that was I mean, that was like, that could have been a high, but the trip to LA was my high. I was just really blown away by a whole exhibit and would highly recommend anyone who's in the LA area to go see it. The other is a brand I just started working with for my Instagram and it's called 88 Acres. And they sent me this giant box of all their products and they make like seed-based products. The reason I was interested in it is because Zoe actually has a horrible nut allergy. Like she can't have peanuts she can't really have any, a lot of conventional snacks because there, there could be peanuts in them. This is like completely nut free and they have these delicious nut butters. There's one with, I think it's like, it's like a dark chocolate seed butter. It's so good. Um, there's also these like really, really tasty seed bars, like kind of think of like a granola bar, but com- totally nut free. Everything I've tried has been delicious. Like this has been my little treat this week. Like, oh, it's three o'clock and I'm going to have my afternoon snack. Like which product am I going to try today? And I've just absolutely loved everything I've tasted from them. So if you're listening in, this sounds interesting. Hold off a little bit because I will have a discount code when I do my partnership with them. But absolutely delicious. Highly recommend. Okay. I have two and a half TV obsessions. Ooh. So I'm very excited about two shows that are back on air. So A Discovery of Witches is back on air, the third season, the last season. So I've been watching that. I'm very excited about it. And then Euphoria is back too. Have you watched Euphoria? No. Do you think I'd like it? Yeah, I think you would. Okay. And so that's back. So I'm really excited about the both of them. And then I'm not obsessed with it, but I'm ready to be obsessed with it. Have you seen the trailer for Bel Air on Peacock? No. So it's a reboot. It's not really a reboot. I guess it's a reimagining of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but as a drama. And it's coming to Peacock on February 13th. And there's like a three-minute trailer up. We'll link it in the show notes. It looks incredible. Oh, that sounds great. It looks incredible. Okay. So I'm very excited about that. And then my other obsession, have you gotten into Wordle? So I keep seeing everyone, you and Spivey and a few others keep talking about Wordle. It's this, we'll link 
we can link the New York Times article about it in the show notes. It is this like really janky web game that's like a word game. There is one a day and like I'm very into it and all of my friends are very into it. So we talk about it a ton. We like compare scores. If you like word games, like it's very fun. Okay. So I've gotten very into Wordle. Okay. What about on books? Okay. I admittedly have not read much. I um, We recorded and then I went to LA and then I just got back like a night ago. And when I'm in LA, we don't really like sit around and just read. Like I read a little on the plane and stuff, but I had a lot of work to do on the plane, so I didn't get to read. But I'm still reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. I admittedly kind of took a break from it because I was – doing other things. And I started Outline by Rachel Cusk, which a lot of readers have recommended and James Nord recommended. And it is about this woman who goes to Greece to be an English teacher. But it is so well written that I feel like I'm in a trance reading it. Like the only thing I can compare it to are the Elena Ferrante novels where the writing is so good. It can be about absolutely nothing or just describing a person or a place. But it's just so incredibly well written I literally will start reading it and I will feel like I'm in a trance and I'll only read like maybe 20 or 30 pages at a time but it is magically written and it's actually a trilogy and I'm kind of wondering like what it's about because I'm 100 pages in and the book doesn't really seem to be about anything yet but maybe it becomes more plot driven so we'll see but I love the writing okay how about you um, so I finished Crave by Tracy Wolf, which was the vampire book that I was reading last week. And I don't know, it delivered on the promise of the premise, but it didn't really grab me. Like it was long. I think it was like 500 pages and like I kept getting distracted and I just, I was never sucked in fully. So it w- I don't regret it, but I'm not going to keep reading the series. Okay. It was not the addictive experience that I was hoping for. I was really intrigued by that one last week. Ugh. I don't know. I think maybe it was me, but didn't do it for me. Second book I read, I read The Charm Offensive by Alison Cochran. This book, I would like to go to bat for this book the same way that I went to bat for Harlem last week. Like, I need people to read this. It is a gay romance about a producer on a Bachelor-esque type TV show who falls in love with the contestant on The Bachelor type TV show who's this like tech millionaire who they've brought in to reinvigorate the franchise and he's like very socially awkward and um, has like a lot of social anxiety and he has never he didn't realize that he was gay and so he has like this sexual awakening while he's on the show dating all these women and he's dating his producer as well it is so cute there is like a very well-told mental health plot line I loved it I adored this book like, one of the best books I've read in the past year. So if you like rom-coms, like, I highly recommend this. So there's that. I finished my Big Magic reread. It was great. I'm going to say that I maybe got a little less out of it this year because, it, like, maybe I've read it so many times that I, like, have pieces half memorized. Like, it didn't feel – I hadn't forgotten as much as I have of it in past years. So I still really enjoyed it, but it was, like, fresher for me in my mind. I did finish Atomic Habits by James Clear. I was met on it. Really? So, yeah. I thought it was fine. First of all, and this is not 
a problem with the book, but like it was a problem for me. I felt like the book was very male driven and athlete mindset driven, which are not bad things, but like it just didn't resonate with me. Okay. Um, you know, I feel like to enjoy something, I usually either have to relate to the author, like really respect the author, or like they have to be fascinating. And I don't think he like really checked any of those boxes for me. And like the lack of respect is not like I just I'd never heard of him before. Like I don't I he it didn't grab me in the book. And so I just I was like, eh, whatever. I also felt like it was like somewhat oversimplified, which on the one hand makes it like easy to follow. But I was like, it didn't feel very nuanced. So I was like three stars on this. Okay, I'm excited to read the Gretchen Rubin habit book. It's called Better Than Before. I bought that at the same time. And I'm curious to check that out and see if because it's from a female mindset, if I feel like that resonates more with me. Mm -hmm. And then I also, as I said in the ad, I wasn't lying. I started Olga Dies Dreaming by Sochil Gonzalez. And I'm probably like 50 pages in. And it's definitely a little bit more literary. And it's definitely like kind of a sprawling, weird novel. Um, And so I'm really enjoying it. So I'm just like at the beginning of that. So that is what I have. That's a lot of reading. Good work. I know. Well, I haven't been doing anything. So I've just been like staying home. So I feel like I've had a lot of reading time. Yeah. Um, If you are looking for something to read, listener, we also have our book club next week. And we're reading uh, Wish You Were Here by Jodi Picoult. It's about this woman named Diana. She's very type A. She is an art specialist at Sotheby's. And uh, her and her boyfriend have this big trip that's kind of like a bucket list trip for them planned to the Galapagos. And the night before they're supposed to leave, her boyfriend tells her that he can't go because he is a surgeon at a hospital in New York and it's right before COVID starts. And so they've been told that they like have to brace for it. So she decides to go by herself to the Galapagos Islands. And right as she gets there, She's told that the island is shutting down for quarantine. And so in this very out-of-character move, she decides to stay on the island while it shuts down for what is supposed to be two weeks. And she gets stuck there. And so it's part about her experience, like, in this very weird circumstance of, like, being on this island with no tourists. And then it's also she's getting emails from her boyfriend about his experience in hospitals in New York City as, like, at the very beginning of COVID. Look, it is... A very intense book has a lot of COVID in it, so you might not want to read that right now, and we totally get that. We won't be offended if you don't join us for that. Personally, I read it at the height of my own Omicron anxiety, and I did not find it too much. There was one part where I was like, almost like, this is too much, but it did pass quickly, and it was relevant to the plot. So take that as you will, but we'll be discussing it next week. I'm so excited to talk about it. Yeah, I loved this book. I could not put it down. And as you you talked about this last week, but um, I passed it to my mom afterwards, and then it went to my sister. It, we we all enjoyed this, and I I read it even closer to like COVID stuff, and still was able to enjoy it. But again, if if reading something set in COVID is too much for you, I totally understand that too. Yeah. So we're talking about that next week. In the meantime, join us in our Facebook group. Just search Bad on Paper. We're on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood and my blog is thestripe.com. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.